to a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name's Mac, and welcome back for the newest episode. Um, so on last episode, I told you guys that uh, expect a midweek episode because I had my initial restraining order trial today. Um, so I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about it um, because a lot of people are sending me a lot of messages. First and foremost, let me say thank you to everybody who sent me messages this morning about thinking about you, uh, you know, you got this, don't worry about it, you're going to win, all that kind of stuff this morning. So thank you to everybody who, you know, had me on their mind this morning, and I really do appreciate you. Um, all right, so let's get into it a little bit. Uh, so yesterday was Monday. I went to work yesterday, and uh, I was trying to just function and, you know, just act like I was okay. <laughs> But in the morning, around like 10.30 in the morning, I get a message, an email, and it's from my ex's lawyer. And it says, this office represents the plaintiff, which is her, regarding the above-captioned TRO. The trial for the same is scheduled tomorrow, November 1st, at 1.30 p.m. I just want to confirm this matter will proceed tomorrow afternoon, as we have three police officers and two witnesses aside from the plaintiff. Therefore, I must confirm the attendance of the aforementioned individuals who would be taking off from work to attend. So her lawyer sent that to the court clerk and uh, was looking for a response. She said she had three uh, police officers and two witnesses to talk about what happened at the football field. If you guys want to go back and listen to my prior episodes about the initial TRO uh, a few weeks back, you can go check it out. But I'm not going to go over that today. Um... So yeah, she had three police officers and uh, two witnesses that were at the football field. So I started thinking, what could the police officers possibly say? Uh, actually, let me go back. Initially, I was like, oh shit, this is the town she grew up in. This is the town she works in. She's got the police in her pockets. And I'm like, holy shit. And I started freaking out. But then I started thinking, what could the police actually say? They weren't there. They were just there to take police reports. So what could they possibly say? Um, and then it also says that there were two witnesses. So I was at work and my I told one of my coworkers about my situation. Um, and I, I trust him very much. And uh, so I was like, listen, this is kind of an emergency. I need to go. And he's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to the boss and I'm going to let him know I'm going to leave for the day. He's like, yeah, you know, I think that's probably in your best interest. He's like, there's nothing more important in the world than this right now and, and just focus on your kids. I said, yeah, I think that's the best bet. So I left work and I got back to my place and I went to the town, my ex's town, to go get the police reports of this alleged incident because I wanted to know if they, if they subpoenaed police, who did they subpoena? So I went and I got the police report and it is just littered with inaccuracies of what actually happened. Um, and also, in the police report, it names the two individuals who were uh, going to be witnesses. So I was like, nice. This actually gives me some leeway. Um, uh, the, the scary part about it is, is that the two witnesses, according to the police report, can corroborate her story. Now, if you remember what I was talking about with the, the football field, what they think they saw is not what they actually saw. Just because the children love their mom does not equal that they hate their dad. But that's what onlookers think they saw, okay? So I started going, okay. And then 
I was reading through the police report, and it's just all these allegations. I grabbed my son by the neck of his football helmet, and I mean, by the neck of his football pads, and I was screaming and pinning. The words they use are like pinning him against the fence, and I made a lunge at her, and she flinched. She uses all these really aggressive, sharp terms like lunge and flinch and pinned and harassment. And she uses all these terms in order to, you know, embellish and gain sympathy. Um, So it was actually okay. Like I was reading this police report and I'm like, yeah, this is the story that she told them and this is what they wrote down. It doesn't make me guilty. Um, So it actually gave me the ammo that I needed. I don't know why I didn't have the police report sooner. I just didn't. Actually, I did go to get it and it wasn't ready yet. And then I didn't get it until the day before the trial. So anyway, I came home and uh, how I've said early on this podcast. So I was able to make a huge timeline of the initial TRO almost a year ago of the date of the alleged events. And she would have perjured herself no matter what time she said. So I was like, I have to make complete bulletproof evidence. Now, keep in mind, any interaction I have with her, if she's in my presence or if the children are in my presence, I record everything. So I started putting together, well, I have a lot of things from the actual day of the incident. So I have the kids crying in my car and me recording and saying, video recording and me saying, do you guys, you know, you guys are crying because you miss mommy, right? And they're saying, yeah, I go, but that doesn't mean you hate daddy. And they're like, no, we love you. We just miss mommy. I was like, okay, got it. Right. And then I have another video of them like scratching my back and stuff. And then after the police were called, there's a video of me and my daughter. And um, I'm asking her, I said, did I do anything to hurt you? And she goes, no. I said, are you scared? She goes, no. And like, it's just like, it's crazy. It's crazy what my ex will put these kids through. Um, But she's really fucking them. She's fucking them up. I I can't see a way that my kids come out unscathed, um, but I can't give up on them either. So. Um, anyway, so I started putting together my, my, um, evidence and then I started going through our family wizard messages and oh my God, just the filth that she says, like relinquish your kids because you can't pay for them or you're a deadbeat dad or, uh, you know, um, you're such a shit role model. I'm so glad my kids have better role models than you. Or one of them said, um, you know, you're on drugs and you waste all your money on drugs. So that's why you're in so much debt and Um, She's like, luckily for you, my money is secure. And one of them says beach house secured. So apparently, I guess she bought a beach house. How the fuck she can do that in the middle of a divorce? Who knows? But God knows that's going to come up in court um, because I'm going to present that. Um, And like the most alarming thing, the most alarming thing to me personally is I have many, many, many messages uh, of she and I where she says, the DV trial is still coming. The domestic abuse trial is still coming. It's still coming. You didn't prove anything. You didn't prove anything. Just wait. The DV trial is still coming. Now, unless, I mean, I'm, I didn't know that, you know, there's a step in between settling a TRO and finishing mediation and finalizing a divorce. I didn't know if there's a step. I'm being sarcastic right now. I know there's no step for a DV trial. So it just goes to show she has all these messages about the DV trial is coming, the DV trial is coming, how premeditated this was. It's so premeditated. And I just need the judge to hear my evidence. So I 
compiled uh, a couple of folders. I made a folder of harassment, like when she was following me over the car seat, that whole situation. So I have those, you know, to show that she's not afraid of me. I have her standing outside of my car to show me that, you know, she's not afraid of me and following me. And, um, you know, she's saying she's abused because they're at this whole football field altercation. There was an audience. So she's, she's ramping up the theatrics and the drama to act like she was afraid. But when she's in private with me, she's her, she's terribly aggressive. Um, and like all her messages too, like just go to show how premeditated and manipulative this is. So I was, I was real. I'm really, I have a lot of faith in my evidence. I'm very confident in my evidence. Uh, so I made a folder about like harassment and um, I also made another folder just labeled kids and just like us, you know, me and my children singing and dancing and playing in parks and um, just to show that, you know, it's it's not true. It's just not true. My kids are in such good hands. Then, uh, you know, I've, I've shared a couple of times, you know, about an aunt that I have that is very, very close to me. And she sent me a letter, almost like a character witness of my ex and all the shit things that my ex has done to my family and, and completely ostracized me from them. And um, so my aunt wrote this really beautifully written letter. And then also my former supervisor, my friend, wrote a letter about how supervised visits were a success and my kids love me and he thinks it's a detriment to keep the kids away from me. Um, so I had those as well. And then lastly, I went back to the football field and I reenacted everything that happened. So I took my camera and I filmed around the football field exactly what happened during the whole altercation so that I could present locations and I could present uh, where people were sitting and what was said and where the fence is and blah, 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 blah. So I felt really armed. You know what I mean? I felt good. I felt really good. Um, so last night uh, was actually Halloween. Um, and so I laid down in bed and, uh, you know, I love my V for Vendetta and I was real amped up, so I was like, I'm going to lay in bed. And I watched V for Vendetta last night, and I fell asleep watching V for Vendetta because I was just getting that mental mind frame, you know, that that revenge mind frame. I actually slept really well, and I woke up this morning and got my suit on, you know, went over my evidence, and uh, I was ready to go. And so court time was at 1.30, and um, man, I mean... This is it. You know what I mean? I feel like I was going into a heavyweight fight and I was just like lacing up my my gloves, like getting ready to go, man. Like this is do or die. Like I'm going into a real fucking fight. That's how I felt. And um, so they walk me in. I'm the only one in the courtroom um, besides like, you know, uh, other, you know, her attorney. And she uh, I th I'm pretty sure she had a domestic abuse advocate there. I don't really know who the lady was, but I'm pretty sure it was a domestic abuse advocate. Um, and then it's just me, just me and my computer. Uh, you know, ready to fucking bury her. So, uh, you know, we make opening statements. And I said, Your Honor, I said, uh, you know, I'm here today because what the plaintiff did is she took a fraction of the truth and manipulated this into me putting my children at danger. I said, but um, we already settled an initial TRO. I was like, and now we're back here. I said, I want you to understand, two days ago was one year since I left my home. In that time, I'm over $100,000 in debt. I have been homeless, sleeping on floors, sleeping on pullout couches, sleeping in my car, sleeping outside. I said, 
Um, I've got my food from food banks. I was like, but worst of all, she has kept my children away from me for two restraining orders for a combined amount of days of 90 plus days. I said, something, you have to stop her. I said, you got to help me stop her. I said, I have a lot of evidence. It is contextual, which means that there's a lot of context to this evidence. I said, but I need, I, I just pray that you hear my evidence. And that was it. And, um, they made their opening statements about... Uh, actually, no, I don't think they made opening statements. He only asked me. Uh, I don't think they wanted to. So anyway, they come and they bring in uh, the first police officer. Uh, so they bring in the first... Oh, so then, before they bring in the police officer, um, the judge goes, just so you all understand, it was 2.15, and the judge goes, I have a meeting at 3 o'clock, so we have 45 minutes. And I'm like, oh, shit. So... They go, okay, judge, well, we have three police officers that we'd like to bring in. And so the judge is like, why? Why three? And she's like, well, uh, one took his statement, one took her statement, and then we want to bring in the the police officer from the initial TRO. And I looked at the judge and I go, judge, I'm not sure if I can object to a witness, but what is the initial uh TRO, what does the police officer for that have to do with this? I was like, and and he's like, uh, he the judge was just like, I don't understand. He goes, what can they testify to? And her her um, lawyer is like, well, the demeanor of the clients. And the judge is like, was he present for, were any of these police officers present for it? And she's like, well, no, your honor. And he's like, so they just took statements. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, what are we doing? We're going we're gonna to testify to our demeanor when taking police reports. I was like, all right. Like, I, I, like the, me and the judge were kind of like, okay. Like, it didn't really make sense. And then, uh, so whatever. So they bring in the p- first police officer and they ask very, like, grounding questions. Like, you know, how long have you been an officer? In, you know, what town do you work for? How long have you been an officer of the board? Blah, blah, blah. And um, so they ask just the questions and, like, you know, um, one of the questions that her lawyer asked was like, did did the plaintiff appear, uh, appear to be afraid for her safety? And the police officer said yes. And they said, how would you, de- uh, you know, surmise her demeanor? And she's like, um, concerned, not crying, not hysterical, but just concerned and, and worried. And they're like, okay. And they're like, how would you just uh, define um, the defendant's demeanor? And he goes, excited. And I, I like, excited. Uh, okay, I'm gonna. I mean, listen, I'm a big personality, and I know that. But he's like excited, and I'm like, what? So whatever. They get done with their questions, and I was like, I said, okay, officer. I said, um, so you described my demeanor as excited, and he goes, yeah. I go, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? And he's like, you were just full of you know energy, and you were shaking, and you were worried. And I was like, is it true that um, I went to the police station before the police arrived at the um, football field. And he's like, yes. And I was like, okay. I was like, so I came to you and did I, uh, relay to you that I felt that I was afraid for my safety? And the police officer said, yes. I said, did you feel that I was afraid for my safety? He goes, no. And I was like, based upon what? And he goes, well, he goes, the witnesses there were there to corroborate her story. And I was like, 
but why did you feel if I told you that I felt like I was in danger how come you felt that I was not and he just kind of stumbled and then they objected and they're like badgering the witness and I was like I'm not I'm, I'm asking a legit question why did you feel if I told you I felt like I was in danger what would what I was like you didn't offer me the uh the ability to acquire a TRO. I was like, so why did she get one? That was the point I was trying to make. Um, but I hate to say it. It's because I'm a male. It's because I'm a male. I'm bigger than her. I'm stronger than her. I'm more, you know, my stature is just bigger than her. And that's why she was offered the TRO and I wasn't. I mean, it's just the truth. So then um, I said to the police officer, I said, do you recall a conversation that you and I had uh, right after they went down the hill and he said, um, no, I don't. I said, do you recall a request I made of you? And he goes, oh yes, you asked me to walk you down to the football field to say goodbye to your kids. I said, and did you? And he said, no. I said, do you remember why you told me you couldn't? And he's like, no, I don't. I said, you told me you didn't have enough time. And he's, and, and, uh, he just like kind of looked at me and I was like, um, why did you feel you couldn't walk me down to the the football field to say goodbye to my kids. And he's like, I just thought it was a volatile situation. So it wasn't going to be a good idea. And I was just like, all right, no further questions. I just left it there because he wouldn't even walk me down to go see, say goodbye to my kids. It's just, you're, you're guilty until proven innocent. <sighs> so that was one. And then, uh, they brought in another police officer and, um, he kind of basically said the same thing that, you know, she was offered the TRO because there were people down at the football field who said that, you know, I was, uh, I guess, you know, disciplining my children wrong. I hate that that word, but I wasn't disciplining my children wrong. It was a teaching opportunity. My kids had elevated emotions due to the divorce. She's trying to interfere with my parenting time on my court-ordered parenting time, and she's interfering. And uh, whatever. So he's just basically said the same thing, was that, you know, he took the statements the witnesses said that, you know, they were on her team. And uh, so they gave her the option for the TRO, right? So then, uh, this is a this is a good one. So then they bring in the last one. And this is for the officer from the initial TRO. So they bring him in and I say against the judge, I go, Your Honor, I was like, this does not have to pertain. I said, this does not pertain to the current existing TRO. And he goes, we're going to keep it off the record. He goes, but I'd like to hear the testimony. So like he almost kind of was saying like it really isn't admissible. You know what I mean? Like and I don't understand why he allowed it. I mean, it really does. What are we testifying to our demeanors? We're to fucking testifying to our demeanors. It's fucking dumb. So anyway, the guy gets up there and he said, you know, um, that my ex came to the police station seeking a TRO. She alleges that I strangled her while holding my daughter and, uh, you know, just what I already knew, you know, like he just, yeah, you know, she went in there, filed a restraining order and got a restraining order. So then I go and I cross examine and I say, um, let me ask you a question. I said, when she filed the TRO, I said, did she supply you with any evidence of, oh no, no, no. Well, yeah, I said, did she supply you with any evidence of any bumps or bruises or strangling marks? Did she supply you with any of that evidence or was it just off of verbal allegations? And he's like, verbal allegations. I said, thank you. I said, let me ask you another question. I said, um, so she claims that the incident happened on October the 17th, 2021. She didn't file the restraining order until October 30th, 2021, which is 13 days. I said... Do you have any insight into that? I said, why it took her 13 days to file a restraining order? And he's like, I, I don't know. And uh, 
so like her her lawyer goes to him she goes is it common for people to report domestic abuse uh in like a length of time afterwards he's like yes it's common and i was like whatever i mean like i'm trying to make a point and i don't think i did a bad job i mean i think i did the best i could is that she did she filed a restraining order 13 days after the alleged incident which i'm gonna fucking bury her with that now if that's gonna come back to get me i'm gonna bury her with it so um so then yeah her her uh that was it and then and then the judge is like um do you have any other witnesses and they're like yeah we have two more of the people that were on the field he goes well i have a meeting he's like i can't i can't hear these witnesses today and he's like um so we're gonna have to have a follow-up trial on december the 14th at like 8 30 in the morning or something so that's six weeks away six weeks away but before he walks out he goes i'm ordering supervised visits for the defendant with his children. And I just perked up and I said, what? And he's like, yes, uh, supervised visits will be held at the YMCA in town. Um, he doesn't have to choose a supervisor. You would not be choosing a supervisor for him. And uh, he will have supervised visits with my ki- with his kids. I was like, whoa, cool. I mean, not what I wanted, right? I don't need supervised visits with my fucking kids, but I just want to see my kids. So um, then, then her lawyer interjects and she's like, your honor, there's an open case with DCPMP and... Uh, he's like, there's allegations of alcohol use and child abuse. And he look, he turns around and he looks at her and he goes, what would preclude this man from having visitation with his child? And she's like, he's like, if you don't like it, the judge goes, if you don't like it, file an appeal. I'll listen to the appeal. He gets supervised visits. And he walked out. And I was like, fucking dope. I was like, I like this judge, man. The judge was very nice. He was very helpful. He understands I'm pro se and I'm doing the best I can to prove my innocence because I'm broke. I'm fucking broke, man. So, uh, what do you want from me? So, that's it. That's it. Um, so, all that to say, um, I'm processing it because I only got home about an hour ago and I was like, I'll jump on the podcast to, to, maybe it'll be therapeutic for me, I guess. Um, it's a win. I do believe that the judge is on my side. Um, she did not get what she wants, which means that it's a win for me because I got to see my kids. Um, I was able to show just like how they're wasting court time with these, with the police officers. What the fuck? They just, they just take a testimony. They just fill out a police report. They can't, they weren't present. So like really what difference does it make? It, they're, they're, it's pointless. Um, but now that I know too, that she's trying to go back and, you know, litigate the original TRO, you're making a mistake, kid, because I got you. I know I got you there. So she's, and I have her on this one too. I have, my evidence is so strong. My evidence is so damn strong. I really, I can't, I don't think I'm going to lose. I don't think I'm going to lose. But the thing is, is that I just got to wait again. I got to wait six more weeks until another court date. So I don't know. You know, a lot of you guys are going to be sending me a message. How frequently are these supervised visits? I don't know. Um, how long are they? I don't know. However, they did give me a pamphlet that does mention one hour, which fucking sucks. Um, but I guess one hour is better than nothing. Really, really, my short-term concern is what to tell these kids when I get them. Why are we at the YMCA? Um, where have you been? I don't know what to tell them this time. Whatever lie she's told them for my disappearance, I don't want to perpetrate that. Um, fuck her. 
I'm not going to fucking feed her lies because she's got to tell fucking, you know, false allegations about me. I don't want to, but I got to be careful. I got to be careful. Here's a crazy story, right? Um, for anybody who is in a domestic abuse situation. So there was another guy who was in the court and, uh, he had a restraining order on him and there was a woman in there and she posted on Facebook that she's a victim of domestic violence. And so the defendant saw that and the guy took a screenshot of it and he posted on his own Facebook, the truth shall set you free. That's all he did. He spent a week in jail. <laughs> he spent a week in jail over a Facebook post. Um, so don't break those restraining orders, people. Don't break those restraining orders. Um, I'm not messing with that. So yeah, man, that's where I stand right now. Is I'm, At least I got supervised visits with my kids. I don't know when I'll see them again. I don't know how long I'll see them again, and I don't know how frequently I'll see them again. Um, you know, an immediate, re- immediate reaction is to is that Thanksgiving's coming, so I won't have them for Thanksgiving. I miss my daughter's birthday. I missed Halloween. I'm hoping I get them for Christmas time. Um, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole in my brain. Um, I got six weeks. December 14th is the date, and I'll make it work. Um, so yeah, that's where I stand. So, uh, I wanted to make sure that you guys got this episode as soon as I felt ready to put it out. I'm sorry if I don't necessarily, I feel like I don't sound very high energy. Um, but I'm processing this right now. Um, initially I felt like I wanted to cry because I just wanted to be over, but I did get a win. I'm considering it a win. I feel like the judge understands me. I don't feel like the judge is out to get me or anything. I think I have a really good judge. Um, so yeah, it's a complicated situation, man. It's a very complicated situation. Um, so it keeps going, but, uh, thank you guys so much for this. Um, thank you for allowing me to come out here and, you know, vent a little bit. So, uh, anyway, until next time, everybody.